Hey there, Vernacular Faithful. Redcoat here. And Sancho joins in. We're talking about crafting systems today. Specifically, we'll be exploring what makes crafting systems interesting in a video game. But before we can talk about crafting systems, we have to define what they are. So, a crafting system is a type of conversion system. A conversion system is a method through which the player can turn a resource into another resource, asset, or some amount of currency. A reminder here that a resource is anything that you can deplete. This depletion can sometimes be non-obvious, especially if the process that depletes it is reversible. The crafting system is one of several types of conversion systems, including trade systems and grab bags. We'll be comparing these systems to each other to dig in at just what a crafting system actually is. We'll talk about trade systems and grab bags in a moment, but to do that, we first need to talk about the parameters of conversion systems. These parameters are individuality of payment. In other words, how unique is the thing you're converting? Is it something really generic, or is it a very specific game object? Result logic. Is there a logical connection between the payment and what you get from it? In other words, does the thing you get make sense for what you put in? And finally, amount input, which is measuring how much you're paying. These together help us define whether or not something is a trade system, a grab bag, or a crafting system. First off, a trade system is a one-to-one -one exchange where one resource is exchanged for another. In this case, the payment individuality can vary wildly as any resource could be applied to make the trade. This is similarly true for the result logic, as the resource received may have nothing to do with the resource given and has no mechanical need to do so to enhance the player's experience. An example is a player, John, giving an AI agent, Kevin, a bottle of ketchup in exchange for a kilt. There's no real logical rules by which a player can discover that ketchup equals kilt, and there could be many different types of ketchups, or just the one ketchup to rule them all. The fact that there is no real logic to the exchange is what makes this a trade. A grab bag is similar to a trade system in the lack of logic, but unlike a trade system, you don't know what you're getting. Now, there are trades that look like grab bags because what you're doing is trading for a grab bag item. In these cases, it is the item that is the grab bag. You might also know what sort of thing you'll get out of the grab bag, but as long as you don't know exactly what you'll get, it's still a grab bag. For example, if you get an item that, when used, gives you a random weapon, then that item is a grab bag, even though you know that it will always give you a weapon. What can be really confusing is when grab bags are part of a trade. For example, you give an NPC a piece of chocolate and they give you an apple and a random utensil. Such a system is a combination of a trade and a grab bag because you have one thing you know you'll get, an apple, and one thing that's uncertain, which utensil you'll get. Now we come to the crafting system. What differentiates the crafting system from the grab bag and the trade system is the logic that governs the conversion of the resources used as well as the amount of different individual resources that can be involved. Essentially, a crafting system involves the combining of various resources to create new ones. For instance, jump rope plus coke can equals ropey can. In this case, the jump rope is combined with the coke can to gain a ropey can. It should be noted that this combination will only result in a ropey can and will not produce any other result. To change the result, we would need to change at least one of the resources initially put in. For instance, jump rope plus milkman equals jumpman. Even though we can get a different result at the end of the conversion, this is still a crafting system as each individual combination of resources has its own specific resulting resource, which doesn't arbitrarily change. 
such as in the case of the grab bag. These specific combinations amount to the rules that allow the player to try and figure out what other types of results they can get through the use of other resource combinations. We also have customization systems, which in and of themselves are not conversion systems. Rather, they are systems that enable the player to make choices about how stuff works. There is a type of conversion system that often also works as a customization system, a modification system. A modification system allows you to modify some existing game object by expending a resource. A good example of this is something like runes from Guild Wars 1 and 2. These are resources that can be expended to add additional properties to your armor. This modifies the armor, hence a modification system, but because you can only have one rune on any given piece of armor at a time, it is also a customization system. If you could have any number of runes, then it would be only a modification system. It would no longer be a customization system. We talk about these different types of conversion systems to make it clear both what a crafting system is as well as what it is not. We want to be clear what sort of thing it is we are talking about in the rest of this cast. Now that we know what a crafting system is, what do we use it for when it comes to making an engaging composite experience? The uses are manifold, but they can be summed up into five overarching ideas. Increasing player immersion, increasing player freedom, increasing depth of gameplay, increasing game polish, and supporting your core gameplay. In the case of increasing player immersion, the crafting system can be used to represent some aspect of your game's Narvazov in a mechanical fashion, allowing the player to engage with that aspect of the game in a way that enhances the experience. The classic example of this is crafting swords and armor in fantasy-style games. In this case, the crafting system is representing the concept of the forging process that weapons and gear go through to reach a warrior's hands. By involving the player in the process of creating their weapons and armor, it affords the developer a chance to further bond the player to their weapons and add a layer of detail that makes the world feel more real. Crafting systems can also be used to give the player a greater level of freedom with the game. There are a couple of ways that this can play out, but generally it is all about allowing the player to have a greater level of choice when it comes to rewards for doing content. For a crafting system to work, you have to have crafting materials, or the resources that are converted into the final item. As the same materials will get repurposed again and again for different recipes, the rewards the player gets from defeating enemies, exploration, or what have you can be turned into different types of items. You can also offer more unique crafting materials as rewards for completing specific content, allowing the player to make more specific choices about what the reward for completing that content is for them. As a quick word of warning, it is important to make sure that you don't go too general with your rewards for the player, and that players feel appropriately rewarded for completing challenging content. In other words, you don't want the player to feel disappointed by the rewards you give them, nor do you want to incentivize farming easy mobs because the rewards for defeating harder enemies, and ultimately ones more fun to battle, are the same. To elaborate a little on crafting materials with some examples. In Guild Wars 1, defeated enemies often drop items. These items can include weapons. Through a process called salvaging, players can convert those weapons into crafting materials. Some items that enemies drop are only useful for this salvaging process, and sometimes enemies outright drop crafting materials. Now, these crafting materials can be made into weapons or armor. The player has a choice of what appearance and what armor piece to make from these, allowing them the freedom to turn the rewards from defeating enemies into something that is useful to them. Another example is the cooking and elixir system from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. In this game, you get materials that can be turned into elixirs or food, for healing you, as rewards for defeating enemies in combat or from exploration. What things to make is the player's choice, and figuring out what items the player wants to have on hand in preparation for their exploration is another way of enhancing the player's feelings of agency. 
Another thing that both of these systems have in common is the ability to convert crafting materials to in-game currency by selling them. This adds further freedom by giving the player yet another way to maximize the value that in-game rewards have for them. Allowing these sorts of player choices is also a way of adding polish to your reward structure, in large part by allowing the player to always get something they want, which is a big part of making rewards feel meaningful. Increasing game depth is another thing that crafting systems are often used for, as a well-crafted result logic can make for a great deal of player engagement, as they seek to figure out just what they can make with the system and how. The Atelier series is a great example of this idea. Each Atelier game centers around a different alchemist, usually in a completely separate setting from their predecessors. However, what links the games together is the fact that each one has a complex crafting system that is used to create all manner of resources and items in those games. Without the crafting system, the Altelier series would be another turn-based RPG featuring girls of dubious age. However, the crafting system serves to embellish the core gameplay by affording the player rewards that increase their ability to engage with the game and grant all sorts of extra intricacies to the overall strategies employed when the player seeks to finish it. Figuring out and mastering the logic of the crafting system within these games greatly increases the breadth of engagement that the player can have with them. Like the Atelier series, some games have crafting systems more tightly attached to the core of their game. For a particularly extreme example, you can check out the Cooking Mama games. For games such as these, it is very important to make sure that the crafting system is compelling, both interesting and enjoyable, because if it isn't, the entire game will suffer. But making a compelling crafting system isn't easy. There have been many examples over the years of failed attempts at accomplishing just that. The reasons for the failures vary, as does the severity, some of which is subjective. Thankfully, there are some common threads we can look at, with one of the biggest being a misunderstanding of what role crafting is supposed to serve in any given game. So with that idea in mind, how do you make a crafting system that effectively serves its purpose in your game? Noting that we have the four points mentioned earlier, immersion, player freedom, depth, and polish, there is one other factor that must be considered. Whether that system is a part of your game's mechanical foundation, framing, or refinements. As a brief reminder, the mechanical foundation of your game is the core mechanics that the player is interacting with and deriving much of their engagement from when playing your game. The mechanical framing of your game is the mechanics that help shape the feel of the game, differentiating it from other games with the same core mechanics. The mechanical refinements are elements that aren't integral to making the game feel the way that it does, but still enhance the experience in some way, shape, or form mostly things that improve the player's quality of life and the smoothness of their play experience. Knowing what role your crafting system plays in the grand scheme of your game will greatly help in discerning just how intricate or in-depth you need to make it, as using it as a core mechanic will require it to remain interesting after much repeated use by the player, while using it as a refinement almost necessitates a more streamlined and less integral experience so as to not block the player from the core of the game. So there are a few questions you should be asking yourself, and the answers need to be done from the player's point of view. Why am I crafting? Am I crafting for the item I'll get? In other words, is the crafting process itself a means to an end? Am I crafting for the experience of crafting to do well? In that case, crafting needs to be an interactive enough process for the player to be able to express player skill, not avatar skill, and that skill needs to matter for the results of the crafting process. Am I crafting to see what I can make? This is sort of an exploration puzzle. In other words, experimenting with the crafting system is why the player is crafting. 
With each of these, there are different things you need to do to make it engaging. For example, if the player is crafting for the item they'll get, then it is very important that the actual crafting process is streamlined. This includes doing away with any barriers that prevent the player from crafting, by which I mean things like a crafting skill level, because those barriers will only create tedious grind, not engaging content. If the player is crafting to see what they can make, then the system needs to be designed to be open to experimentation, to encourage it, and to have a lot of different possible results. There is another way of crafting that needs to be addressed. Why does the player bother with crafting at all? The answer to this question is a design one. It could be as simple as, that's what the game is about, in which case crafting is a core mechanic and stands on its own. Crafting doesn't even really need to produce something per se, because it is about the journey and not the destination. A game like Cooking Mama treats crafting in this way. But often, crafting isn't independent like this. It is woven into some other system in the game. When this happens, asking why the player will bother with a crafting system is very important. Generally, it will be to get whatever it is that you can make through the crafting. When this happens, it means that crafting is part of a reward system. Typically, in cases like this, it is either a reward for succeeding in combat, or a reward for exploration, or both. This is usually in the form of giving the player crafting materials. These materials then must be able to be used to make something of worth to the player. For the craftable items to actually be of worth, however, there must be some exclusivity. Maybe it's the only way to get a certain item. For example, in Guild Wars 1, the only way to get armor is by crafting it. Additionally, there are some weapon skins that can only be obtained via crafting. In this way, crafting is valuable, and engaging with the crafting system is incredibly important. However, sometimes crafting is an alternate way to get something. When this is the case, it must feel like a viable alternative. That is, if crafting something takes a lot of effort, then any other means of acquiring that item, or an equivalent, must take a roughly equal amount of work, or the player that took the harder route will likely feel cheated. All of this is to say that to really know how to make your crafting system serve its purpose, you must consider why you are putting it into your game in the first place, the role it serves in the overall task of engaging the player, and the amount of time the player should be expected to take with your crafting system when utilizing it. So, after discovering or defining the purpose for which your system of crafting is intended, what can you do to make it interesting to engage with? I should note that there are many ways to approach this, so you can take our musings here as more suggestions than as laws of design. The first is to make the system feel rewarding. This, of course, is dependent on the role your crafting system plays in your game, but the general idea is to ensure that using the system provides something of worth to the player, either in the form of an experience that is intrinsically engaging, or in the form of resources created by the system, having non-trivial and desirable effects on the parts of your game that the crafting system supports. The second is to have some element of the crafting system that the player can derive positive engagement from. This means allowing your system to have some aspect of it that is either fun to use or interesting to learn about, such as having a result logic that works like a puzzle, allowing the player to figure out different outcomes based on what resources they put in. This sort of implementation can generate comprehension and strategy-based engagement as they seek a deeper understanding of the system. This can also be done with the addition of an executional aspect, allowing the player to improve their crafted productions through the development of their dexterity and timing skills. An example of this would be the Pokeblock system in Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, where the player played a spinning game that could improve the quality of their Pokeblocks depending on how fast the player could rotate the spinner. Also, Cooking Mama does this in a general sense for most of its recipes. In both cases, the logic for how the system works and how the player can get the most out of it should be somewhat intuitive, 
allowing the player to form semi-accurate assumptions about item interactions they haven't made yet, based on the pattern of their previous results. This can help the player feel a sense of mastery with regards to the system, as well as expedite the process through the player's intuition. Yeah, making crafting systems that actually feel like crafting is a way to make a skill-oriented crafting system. But that's not always what you want from your crafting system. There are plenty of games that want a crafting system for other reasons than as a skill-testing minigame. However, for the games that do want it, it is important to not confuse player skill with character skill. The former is how skilled the player is, while the latter represents avatar capability. This is usually represented by levels or a crafting skill or something. A real danger that can develop with a crafting system that focuses on character skill is tedium. Because these systems usually limit what you can make based on your character's crafting prowess, you often have to grind to be able to make what you want to make. It's also important to realize that it is variety and usefulness that make having a lot of crafting options and materials interesting. I'm going to illustrate what I mean with both of those points by looking at the Guild Wars 2 crafting system. Guild Wars 2 has quite a few crafting disciplines, things like making leather armor, cloth armor, or weapons. Many of these disciplines follow the same style, a bunch of levels in crafting that represent your character's skill, and these levels determine what you can make. There are a bunch of crafting materials arranged into tiers, things like copper, bronze, iron, steel, dark steel, and orichalcum for metals, for instance. Each tier can be used to make the exact same set of things, just at different strengths. What tier you can make depends upon your level, and how much crafting experience you get depends upon the level required to make that gear. So, in order to make equipment actually useful for a max level character, you have to pretty much max out the relevant crafting discipline. This requires making a bunch of gear that you don't need, the same types of gear over and over. And if you want something from a different discipline, you have to do the same thing for that one. This leads to a very tedious grind. There may be a lot of crafting materials in the game, but something like over 80% of them are useless because they're only useful in the grinding process. There is an exception, however, cooking. The chef crafting discipline works differently because materials don't come in tiers. They just are what they are. Flower's flower. There aren't different levels of flour. Now, recipes for foods do have required chef levels to make, and ingredients oddly have levels to use, but there is a lot of experimentation. Combining stuff to make bread, then bread and butter to make toast, for example, is a very exciting process. In this case, the levels work to focus things a bit. As a result, cooking feels like less of a grind as it isn't instantly solvable, like the other disciplines are. There are many lessons to take away from this. A few are, more crafting materials don't always mean a better or a more interesting crafting system. Also, having crafting materials go obsolete on the player makes receiving those materials no longer rewarding. Making it a grind to make useful things via crafting doesn't make for a compelling system. As corollaries to this, if the crafting is the only way to make useful or important stuff, then players will find your game to be very grindy. And if there are other ways to get useful or important stuff, then players will probably ignore crafting. And finally, if figuring out how a system works is interesting to do, it reduces or removes feelings of grindiness. The last thing that we'd like to hit with regards to items to keep in mind when trying to make an interesting crafting system is the concept of meaningful choice. What this means is the idea that when a player chooses to use some set of resources to make an item, or chooses to figure out how to make a specific item, this choice actually affects the game in some way. The obvious manifestation of this is that when the player chooses to use rocks and candy to make an object, they won't make the same object when they use ketchup and kilts. But this can also be applied to the uniqueness of the results themselves. If a player makes a sword, and then makes an axe using a different set of resources, the act of making these two items is greatly cheapened if they are functionally the same weapon. In other words, the sword hacks like an axe, and for some reason the axe stabs like a sword. In this case, 
One of the important points is the fact that players tend to expect swords to function differently from axes. If in this same system we created a sword and a longsword, the player would have less reason to expect wild differences between the items created, save for a few stat alterations at the bare minimum. This is a part of the concept of having an internal logic that makes sense when it comes to the results derived from crafting. One example of a crafting system doing enough to give the player meaningful choices would be the cooking system in The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. In this game, the player can collect various ingredients from different areas of the world and combine them to make food for Link to eat. The effects of these foods vary from cuisine to cuisine, with some increasing stamina, some recovering health, and others increasing stealth, just to name a few. In this game, there are many ways to create these effects, with some cuisines and ingredients overlapping in their attributes, allowing the player a bit more ability to create the effects they want based on what kinds of ingredients they have on hand. The effects of the system are strong enough to make the player want to learn about the system, and the kinds of things that can be made within the system are varied enough that learning about the system is an engaging process. Couple that with the fact that the decision to make specific dishes can affect the player's overall decisions about where they want to go in the world and what kinds of ingredients they'll be on the lookout for, and you have a crafting system that not only grants the player meaningful choices, but non-trivially impacts the player's decision-making process for other in-game choices they make. Because crafting systems are all about the decisions the player makes with regards to what they want to create and how they want to create it, it is incredibly important that those decisions actually matter when it comes to the result. A final key component of a crafting system, feeling like it has meaningful choices, is the player feeling like they can make something that they have use for from it. If the player doesn't feel like there's any use for the items they can craft, then the system will end up feeling meaningless to them. That about covers it for today's podcast. Our next cast will be exploring the concept of randomness in games and just how to approach, manage, and use this concept effectively in your game's design. So with that, we'll go to the sign-off. This is Cientier, signing off. And this is Redcoat, signing off. Play the games you want to play, boyos.